and welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. We're back, baby. I'm excited to be back. Ooh, Ready for too. some muy molida. Me too. I, a week off always sounds good, man, but when we get back, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back to the conversation, you know? That's right. That's right. Like, we took I a do? week off for, the, for your mother. Word to your moms. Word to your moms. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Um, but yeah, we're back. We're ready. Uh, we got a salacious, um, terrible murder that had a BDSM element to it. Right. Some torture um, and a totally unsuspecting and uh, really it was just un- unprovoked and unnecessary. And this was basically a crime of, of jealousy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a love triangle kind of thing that the person didn't even realize they were in. And yeah. That's what I was going to say. Be careful the fact- who you let into your lives. That's right. Because this was all happenstance for this person. It wasn't like people they were involved with all the time. You know, typically people will say this old the old phrase, you roll with the dog, you get the fleas. Well, she wasn't rolling mm-hmm. with dogs, and she still got fleas. You know? Yeah. This is one of those instances. Uh, that's a, you know, it's a very PG way to put it for what happens to her in this case. Uh, it's, it's brutal. It, it absolutely is. And it's, uh, it's, it's terrifying, man. And what's sad, what's what's messed up is I don't know that there was any stopping it once that once these people decided to do this to this woman. Right. I don't know. Like you know, you could say, well, she agreed to go on this dinner date. She was coerced into going into this dinner date, and that's where they, they you know, they they ended up taking her somewhere else. And and this group of people did these terrible things to this woman. Um, but I think even if she says no to the dinner date, which she was trying to mm-hmm. over and over again, and just persisted and. I think they just would have abducted her. I think they yeah. had it in their head that this, they were going to do this to this woman, and that was that. She, her husband, who she was going through divorce with, was in Afghanistan. He was not there to help her. She was in a place that she didn't know. In know, the process of moving, state, unfortunately. In the process of moving back home to Missouri, and right. she was vulnerable. And these people took her and did terrible things to her. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a really sad uh, crime that happened here. No and, doubt. And yeah. we, we are telling too much. We are telling too much like that's we right, always do. Right. We need to get that's into right. this intro. Let's, <laughs> let's get into it. You probably haven't heard of this one. We tried to find one that is kind of under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. All right. It's a story that could come straight out of a bizarre movie. 46-year-old Luis Perez likes his sex slaves to call him Ivan. Dorothy Maraglino is the head of his household, known as Miss D., and Jessica Lopez, their slave. Testimony in court showed she was forced to eat from a dog bowl and turn her paychecks over to her owners. Over and over again, he kept asking her to go, and she she said no several times, and he was like, he wanted someone to go with him because he didn't want to waste the ticket. Waste the ticket. It was Friday, April 13th. They had a spider web, which is, was made out of wood and chains, a spanking bench. The judge ordered us not to show you the faces of the women who testified about sensitive personal issues. This woman testified she and Perez had an affair, which involved choking, spanking, and other sexual domination. Usually there would be some sort of play involved, flogging, beating her in some fashion. Sometimes there was talk of a rape scenario. She said no, no, no. 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 All right, our case this week is the murder of Brittany Kilgore. Terrible, unprovoked, uh, as we said, unnecessary, and just... Tragic uh, murder. Wrong place, wrong time, man. Yeah, ran into the wrong people, got acquainted with yep. the wrong people um, who were living an extreme lifestyle, uh, living out there on the edge, and mm-hmm. they, she became a target. Um, this was kind of a crime of jealousy uh, on the part of a love triangle that was going on. And right. She did nothing to create this jealousy other than just exist and be a young, beautiful woman, you know, who became the target of these women who became jealous of her. And next thing right. you know, they so sad got her in she there. She wanted nothing. Yeah, she wanted nothing she to wanted do with them, really. She wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. No, she really didn't. She was moving she back home that. to Missouri, and it would have been that. You know, Unfortunately, she didn't get out of town quicker. Because, I mean, I, I doubt they would have gone to Missouri to get her. You know, that's what sucks. It's like she was literally like a day away from moving out of state. Yeah. That would have probably been the only thing that could have saved her, was moving out of state completely. I agree. Yep. So 
let's get into it. Let's start from the beginning. Brittany Kilgore was born March 28th, 1990. She shares a birthday with Lady Gaga, Reba McIntyre, and Julia Stiles. Great trio. Oh, some queens. Yeah, All right. for sure. Um, right on. That's you know, I like killer, uh, that's a killer artist. Reba, I think I get that she's a legend, but yeah, I don't know. Something about her voice annoys me. I'm going to yeah, go with Julia Stiles like, out of that group. So, I, I, just, I like some of her before. movies. I like, you know, my favorite in this group is actually Lady Gaga because of her versatility. Yeah. You know, I, I really respect her as an artist. Like, she, she's done all types of music, and I love, like, her jazz swing stuff. It's just got she so much She does have some soul, hits, man. So much character. Yeah, and she also did really good in American Horror Story. I thought she was pretty dope in that. Mm. So, I, I kind of, I, I think Lady Gaga's my favorite out of there. Reba, Reba feels like, Reba feels like a, like a great aunt to me that I'll always love. But Lady Gaga, you know, she's my favorite in that group. Yeah, but what do you can't. think? But I love uh, Save the Last Dance, the movie Julia Stiles. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie, no doubt. It's a guilty no pleasure. Doubt. Okay, it's a great film. Guilty pleasure. Yeah, there's a lot of those '90s ones right. about dance or about yeah. cheerleading, like right. Bring It On. <laughs> yeah. oh, Bring It On's great. I love Bring Every it on. dude watched it a million times and just never admit it. <laughs> right. Just admit it, dudes. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, right. Brittany Kilgore, born in 1990, born the same month as my wife and the year, March of 1990. Uh, she grew up in rural Missouri, and she was the beloved daughter of Daryl and Michelle Rest. Uh, her, and she was a, a sister to Sabrina and a brother, or I mean a sister to Colin Rest, her brother. Um, and over the years, right. she had become her best friend, uh, her sister's best friend, um, and also was that cool sister that would play video games with her brother and goof around. Um, yeah, she was probably the middle child, right? Or was she the, or was she the oldest? I'm not sure. You, they, you know what? Hmm. That's what kind of annoyed me about studying this case is how f- the lengths I had to go to to find out anything about her. You know, like yes, because because I, I didn't know any of this studying before I saw the crime line. Like I knew the the majority of the case, but her background. Mm-hmm. Where the hell did you find it? Like I was looking yeah. everywhere for this stuff. You know, it it's frustrating because. You know, like just the nature of of crime investigations and and like the reporting of them and all that. It's like if you go missing, everyone's going to know every detail about you, you, your personality, your upbringing, your family, all of that stuff. But if you just are killed immediately by someone, especially in a, like a really horrible manner, like salacious, just yeah, it, it seems like that just that aspect of it takes over, and then we don't know anything about else about you. Right. Like, it's be- it's like because the person cease to exist now we don't care about that person we just know about how they were terribly murdered and we learn more about the killers and their sickness then we learn about i had to i had to go look at you know like funeral funeral records and like really go deep to find out anything about this young lady who was murdered uh because all that you hear is the, the terrible details of how she was murdered it's it's pretty yes sad so yeah like knowing where she uh lined up as far as in the sibling tree i don't i don't know if she's the oldest or the youngest i'm not sure Got you, got you. I got the feeling she was the older sister, just from what you read about her. But right, she kind of felt like the older sister, and the older sibling usually is the one that takes the time to spend a little extra with with all siblings, mm-hmm. you know, because all younger siblings have a soft spot for their older sibling. Yeah, you know when they're not being mean to them. <laughs> right. So here's a quote from her father. Uh, she, she was blossoming into a beautiful, confident young woman, and still finding her path in life. All who knew her will miss her laughter and her sharp, witty sense of humor. Sounds like our type of gal. She probably would have liked this podcast. I like to think so. Right. So in 2010, at 20 years old, Brittany married Corey Kilgore, who was enlisted in the Marine Corps. They relocated and settled into Fallbrook, California, a San Diego County town of 38,000, not far from Camp Pendleton, uh, which is a U.S. Marine base. So she moves all the way from Missouri to California and trying to settle into this new life. Um, however, not long after she moves to California, her, her new, new husband, Corey, was sent to Afghanistan, and she found herself alone in a new state with no job, and it wasn't mm-hmm. long after that that she had had enough and wanted to move back to Missouri. After only two uh-huh. years of marriage to Lance Corporal Corey Kilgore, 22-year-old Brittany, on April 11, 2012, filed for divorce. So that's another thing you mentioned when we were talking about this case prior to starting to record was that this case is reported as 
Marine's wife killed, you know, type of thing. So often, isn't yeah. it? And I'm like, he has, he really has nothing to do with this. Like, why are we still focusing on him? Yeah. Because like it made me think that he was a suspect. And I, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Well, yeah. Cause it was and also reported as woman filed for divorce and then gets killed. And it was like, right. But then you exactly. read more about it and it's like, he had nothing to do with it. He had absolutely nothing to do with it. He was so in, literally in Afghanistan. He couldn't have been farther away. <laughs> right. So they're either trying to play that angle or they're trying to to gain sympathy because you should feel have more sympathy because a Marine's wife was killed. Yeah, you meanwhile, I mean? she had already like, filed for divorce when she was killed. Right, exactly. She didn't even want to be in this situation anymore. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine, though, just marrying someone, they get sent away, and then you're moved across the country to a new place, and now you... She spent two years there, man. It, she toughed it yeah. out for a while. Yeah, that's true. It's got to be hard enough uh, marrying someone and then them and then going off to war in a, you know in, yeah. in the Middle East. And like it'd be hard enough if you were at home and you had your support system around you, your family, your friends, to keep you busy. But if you're alone right. in a state like a new you know somewhere so far from home, yeah, that's got to be absolutely brutal. I, I don't yes, think I would have exactly. lasted that two torture. years in that scenario. Yeah, two years is a while, man. She must have found some way to stay busy, or it was, or it was just hell. Yeah, I, mean, I can't blame her for wanting out of that. Yeah. So yeah, after filing for divorce in April of 2012, she decided that she'd move back with her parents in Missouri, and had already packed up a lot of her belongings. She, however, would never make it back to Missouri. At two in the afternoon on Saturday, April 14th, 2012, one of Brittany Kilgore's friends called the San Diego County Sheriff's Office to report her missing. So she's basically getting ready to move. Like she's moving her friend that calls was actually with her earlier that day, helping her pack. Um, the caller had last seen Brittany at 7 p.m. the day before uh, when she stopped by her friend's apartment to borrow a dress. Brittany told her friend that she was going on a date with a 45-year-old Marine Staff Sergeant named Luis Ray Perez, stationed at Camp Pendleton. He was picking her up in less than an hour and they were going into downtown San Diego. So kind of odd you know she's she's leaving she's going through a divorce and now she's going right. on a date with this guy um but yeah, when you find out more of the thinking. details it starts to make sense this wasn't something that she had planned out this was kind of forced on her in a sense absolutely absolutely we'll find yeah we'll, we'll read more into this shortly yeah so her friend had seen her the night before she was going on this date and now she's not hearing from her the next day and she's concerned um, at 7.45 that Friday evening, the friend had received a text message from Brittany that read, help. The friend texted back, what? Are you okay? When Brittany didn't respond, the friend texted, Brittany, are you okay? I'm freaking out here. Then about 20 minutes later at 8.05, the friend received another message from Brittany's phone that read, yes, I love this party. The friend, mm. uh, knowing her friend very well, uh, considered this suspicious because she had always used the word yeah, spelled out Y-E-A-H, instead of yes in her text messaging. And when you text someone often, you know the words say, that they use. Like some people use yeah, yeah like Y-A, some people, and that's a that's a very telltale sign whether you're texting your friend or someone else has their phone is little words like that, you know, that you just yes, get used to because, and accustomed to. And I think because texting has become such a big part of our culture now, mm-hmm. people are so used to it. So now people want to text the way they talk for that reason. At least I do. I try to text exactly like I talk. You know, I, I mean, I want I'm the exception. To know. I think I, I'm pretty. Uh, some I go back and forth, and depending on my tone, I may use yeah, I may use yes, I may use yeah, ya. I'm kind of all over the place with it. So I, yeah, if I get murdered, you know, it's gonna we're be never tough. gonna know, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, we're never gonna know. Just, we yeah. need <laughs> we need like some kind of code word or something. Like if I'm being stern with you, like if you're annoying me and I need to say like I need I'm saying yes, like I'll say yes. Why yes. But if yeah. you know we're just having casual conversation and you ask me something, I might say yeah, like Y E A H. It just depends. But Yeah. But like most you. of the people and, and, I text with. Most of the people I text with, they use the same word over and over again. Yeah, probably. My signature probably. also when I sign shit, it's different every fucking time. Every time. What your your name? Like, when you I sign papers for like, name? so I've bought a couple of houses, right? And you know, when you sign, when you buy a house or a car, you have to sign a million things. You could go yeah. through it every one of them. Because if I sign a hundred times, every one of them is fucking different. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh my god! It's not even close to the same. It's like, like I forget you... like how I'm supposed to do it each time. <laughs> like how's this go, dude? Cur- cursive L's are a bitch, though. Yeah. Right. They look pretty. Oh, but an, it's, do you it's do a literally just L? cat scratch, dude? It's just. There's no, you, just, you can't you just, make out any letters. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> You're just. 
it's funny how it's a You're it's like a devolved. lie detector test. It was start <laughs> when I first started signing shit when I became an adult when I was like eighteen. You know, it was like nice. You could see every letter, and then it just it's gone into this just. It looks like I had a seizure on the paper. That, yeah, that's everybody. Like with Michael, you can tell there's an M, then you can see the H sticking up, and then there's an L. It's like we just end. get lazy as that's we're doing it. it. It's like the first letter's nice, and it's yeah. just... <laughs> yeah, at least the first letter looks good, you know? Yeah. But like how... I just hate having to sign stuff, and we don't have to sign stuff as much anymore. Yeah. It's such you know, an old world thing. To. Like whoever compares signatures anyway, like this person didn't yeah, exactly. sign this. When's the last time you signed one of the uh, one of the little machines, debit card machines at a store, and it said signature not accepted? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, this honestly, isn't you, bitch. When when yeah. has that ever happened? I I literally don't give a fuck. I've 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 thought about just signing crazy shit on those and just see what happens. Right. I bet it always gets accepted. Straw smiley face. Yeah, I just <laughs> just whatever. <laughs> Straw an elephant ass. Look at right. that. Accepted. <clears throat> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so on that Friday evening. Um, on April 13th, 2012, um, her friend, you know, Brittany's friend had, had seen, you know, she'd picked up her dress and then she went out with this guy and now, you know, she's getting these odd texts that don't match up to her friend. Um, right. And the next morning she was concerned enough that she, she called the police. Um, so the last she had heard from her was that text. Yeah. I love, or yes, I love this party at 8.05 PM. She didn't hear back from her the rest of the night and into the next morning, and that's when she decided she would call the police. A detective with the San Diego Sheriff's Office called Ser Sergeant Luis Perez, who um, didn't have a criminal record, by the way, and asked him if he'd come in for questioning regarded, uh, regarding Brittany's uh, missing persons case. So, you know, this is the last person that her friend says that she was with, was this this Marine that she was going on a date with. Um, right. So this is the first person the police want to talk to, obviously. Luis would show up for the interview shortly after the call. And according to the 16-year veteran with the Marine Corps, he had gone to Kilgore's apartment at 4 o'clock Friday afternoon to help her pack for her upcoming move to another place. And while there, he asked her if she'd like to go out on a dinner date, a uh, dinner dance boat that evening in downtown San Diego. Um, Brittany declined, saying that she was tired. And also, this is kind of odd. The more you learn about this, she didn't know this man very well. And they were acquainted through Brittany's best friend. Um, we'll right. get to how she they met. met him like twice, I think. But he wasn't even supposed to know where she lived. He just shows up. Um, he had done some digging around and found out her where her apartment was and shows up. Yeah, that's creepy. And then he's asking her on this date. And she 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 knows enough about him to know that he's in a relationship with a woman. Um, and so this is this whole thing is just odd. You know, she's she's leaving. She's moving away. Uh, he's in a relationship. He shows up. He, she doesn't even know how, you know, he, she got to, he got to her apartment in the first place. It's very bizarre. Um, and now he's begging her basically to go on this dinner cruise with him or whatever. Um, and so we'll get to more details on how he, he, he eventually like he, he starts saying like, I'll, I can, if you go on this dinner thing with me tonight, he's I can bargaining. have, yeah, I can have five guys show up and help you move tomorrow. Like, uh, you know, just, just, help me out here me, and she he, he go ahead i was just gonna say to me this is even a bigger red flag you mm -hmm. know if the guy so just desperate. keeps bargaining it's just like oh i'll give you this oh no okay i'll give you this okay mm -hmm. I, i'll give you this like when somebody's like that to me i'm just like whoa okay either what i have on, is worth strong a guy. lot to you or something <laughs> and maybe yeah. i need to reevaluate <laughs> what i have here or yeah you're up to no good right yeah. like this is a very suspicious situation and I'm sure she was feeling this pressure. That's why she was letting her friend in on this conversation. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 And it, he even, so she, part of her reluctance was also the fact that, as we mentioned, Luis was in a relationship. Um, she knew this. Right. And she said, well, you know, like, what about your girlfriend? Um, he, he was dating a, a woman named Dorothy uh, Maraglino, who was 36 years he was, old. And he was like, it's okay. I don't like her anymore. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> well, she, he, he tells her like, look, she's cool with it. I already talked to her. You can call her. Right. Here's her number. Call her and ask her about it and, and she'll be cool with it or whatever. And so he, he, you know, he tries to persuade her. She says no. He leaves and she, she takes him up on that and calls. She calls mm -hmm. uh, Dorothy and asks and Dorothy says, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally fine with me or whatever. And so wanting See, to help This is the moving, part I can't figure out, you know? Go ahead. It's like, why does she go to the extra extent to ask Dorothy? Like, why not just let him leave and then don't call them and leave? You know? Yeah. This is the part where I'm like, he, he left, right? He he headed home. Yeah. So 
or or did or did he? Right. right. This is his telling of the story, right? That's very true. Yeah, we don't get her side, obviously, for obvious right. reasons. Or did he leave? It just doesn't make sense. I just can't see her then calling his wife and all this, or his girlfriend, and being like, I don't think any of that happened. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I really don't. The only, the only explanation would be that she, maybe she did want the help moving the next day to get out of here quicker. You know, like he offered five guys to come help her move her stuff. And if she had been there for two years, it might have been a lot of stuff. Her and her, I'm, sh- I'm guessing she's moving oh, her, sure. her ex-husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband's stuff out as well because he's in Afghanistan and can't help. So maybe she did really want the help, and she figured, out ah, what could it hurt? I'll go on this little dinner thing, and then I'll get help tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. She could have been, like you said, she could have been desperate. She had nobody else either. Yeah. And packing and moving, it's a big deal. It's a big undertaking. Mm-hmm. So according to his story, he leaves her apartment at about 5.10 after trying to persuade her to go, and she would end up sending him a text after, you know, according to him, she calls his girlfriend and gets approval, and she she texts him back and says, fine, I'll go with you on the dinner thing. Um, so right. his story is that he then picked her up at 7.30 that night for the date, and um, he claimed that he dropped her off in downtown San Diego in front of a, cu- a club called the Whiskey Girl Night while he looked for a place to park. This is prior to their their dinner thing. However, 15 right. minutes later, when he arrived at the club on foot, he couldn't find her. Um, oh, he, he said wow. he looked around for about 30 minutes, so he thought that she she basically ditched him or something. Right. Um, right. He says he looked around for about 30 minutes, then headed home to the house that he shared in Fallbrook with his girlfriend, Dorothy Maraglino, and her friend, Jessica Lynn Lopez, who was 25. Uh, the deputy who interviewed Luis that afternoon asked if he could take a look inside the white Ford Explorer that the Marine had driven to the sheriff's office in. Perez gave consent, and they would find... Surprised at that. Yeah. He, I mean, I think they're going to search it whether you want to or not. I don't know. Like, it, it just makes you look guilty if you say no. Maybe he was thinking, like, yeah, go ahead, and I don't yeah, know. He, well, he probably feels a little bit untouchable, too, being in a military town, and he is he is a ranking you know, military member, Marines and whatnot. Maybe he thinks like, you know, I can explain this shit away. Man, but like that's such damning evidence in that fucking vehicle. (laughs) It really Like you're toast. You're toast. (laughs) Maybe he thought they weren't going to like really look into it. I know, right? They thought they were just going to Like, oh, he gave his consent. He's been very forthcoming. Let's just take a glance in there and not see the AR-15 and the the bag of DNA and like, yeah, cool. Right. Don't worry about none of that stuff. Yeah. Just glance over that. Yeah. So meanwhile, someone in downtown San Diego found Brittany Kilgore's cell phone in the doorway of a comfort inn and turned it into the police. Um, so now as things are really not looking good, she's you know, now her cell phone is found, and it's like any hope of right. like maybe her just turning up later that day or something is not looking good. And now she's tied to them with past text messages and phone calls. Yes, you know, yeah. so that now she has a direct tie to them. So the first thing the detectives noticed about Luis's car when they looked in was the fresh mud caked on the underside of the vehicle and its wheel wells. His shoes were also muddy. Um, he told the officer that the car had gotten gotten that way when he recently collected firewood near Camp Pendleton. Conveniently. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. it, inside the Explorer was a stolen AR-15 and a plastic bag that contained a pair of blue latex gloves which appeared to be blood-stained. <laughs> Nothing not to look, see here. Not looking good. Oh, jeez. To think no, you just gave consent. Like, to think you drove to do your interview I, in this fucking vehicle <laughs> is mind-blowing to me. Why did you not clean it out? That just Why not just take you a different vehicle, first of all, or at the very least, clean it out? Yeah, very least. Take a least fucking taxi there or something and tell your, tell your girlfriend to burn that fucking car. It's Right. Maybe, God. you know, at least take out the stolen AR... Uh, I know, wonder if he did feel, gloves. like you said, protected, protected, like they wouldn't really grill him hard or look through his stuff because he was a Marine and he didn't have a past yeah. record at all. And he just right. assumed they would take him lightly, like, you know, and just believe his story and move on. Yeah. Like we're, like we're on the same side here overall, yeah. you know, kind of that kind of vibe. Yeah. But it worked out. Bizarre. And so a luminol test would confirm that it was blood on the latex gloves and a later DNA analysis identified the blood as Brittany Kilgore's. Now, the police don't know this yet. The DNA would take a little while to, to review, but it's not looking good for him. Right. Um, he also possessed a stun gun that had human hair follicle attached to it. Um, mm. So they're just finding all kinds of shit in this car. So he would be arrested on charge of theft and was taken to jail where he would be incarcerated under a half a million dollar bond. 
And so then, now they're getting to work with, uh, you know, they, they've got a pretty solid uh, suspect in custody here, but they need to learn more about his girlfriends. And from his cell phone, investigators would collect messages from his phone to Brittany's as well, now that they have her phone. Um, the first right. message sent at 9.20 p.m. on Friday, April 13th, almost two hours after Brittany's help text said, your friends are calling me worried. Later that evening, he texted her phone again. Now I am worried too. So these are clearly texts that he's sending in a calculated manner, knowing that the police were going to you know, eventually possibly look at these and trying to make himself look innocent here. We've seen this over right. and over again. Right. Very well thought out. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice Perez. Except you left all this DNA in your vehicle that you went to interview oh, the police with. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, he was busy typing up those text messages, man. <laughs> he might have T9 word or some shit, man. He didn't have time to get to the uh, murder weapon. You know what? T9 was gloves. the shit, man. Honestly. <laughs> it was. I, I miss T9. I miss tactile buttons with texting. I sound like such an what? old man right now. <laughs> but do. when I tell you that I could text and drive safely... With T nine, I am not lying. Like I could text, oh, I could text yeah. out full paragraphs without looking at my phone while looking at the road. I could text right. out full paragraphs and know exactly what I'm saying. I cannot do that shit with a touchscreen phone. Well, but you know, voice to text is pretty damn spot it's on. It's garbage now, unless you talk like a robot. I am yeah, going talk to like the a robot. Start. I want to text this comma, and then you still have to look at it because you don't mark. trust it enough to just hit yeah. send. It might say, it might say some stupid shit. Yeah. I know. I know. My buddy Rex only uses text to talk now, and it's super annoying because when he texts people back in a room, he's literally talking to his phone like, bro, come on. In this situation, just text. Right. Like, but, but, and I know he's doing that because it gets shit wrong all the time. I'm like, what, yeah. is, what the hell is this saying? That's what I'm saying. T9, though, man. I, I never yeah. got anything wrong. T9, I was, the, I was a T9 god. Man. Bring it back, man. Bring it. Just okay. get you a flip phone, man. You can still do it. If I, yeah. I've thought, <laughs> dude, yeah, we've talked about it. I've thought about it. Oh God! I'm a few months away from reverting back. Yeah, man. If you do that, you'll have to give up your cyborg abilities, though. You know, you'll be That's a lesser okay. human. No, I think I'll I'll be godly. I'll be you. up above all of you. <laughs> At least in your world, because you won't know anything that's going on. So <laughs> exactly, I'll be that's the blissfully ignorant to what's going it's, on. <laughs> yeah, man. Ignorance is bliss for real. Yeah. It, it was at least. It really yeah. was. Like this knowledge is so great, but it's God so damning sometimes. Right. All right. So police have Luis in custody now. Um, he's under arrest for for theft, as we mentioned. Um, and now they've got they've got to get to work to uh, questioning his his housemate, his girlfriend. Um, when detectives questioned Luis's housemate Dorothy Mar Maraglino, who he was dating, she was thirty seven. Um, she said that, that Luis had returned home Friday night sometime between 10 p.m. and midnight. Um, she said he remained in the Fallbrook house until he left for San Diego the next day in response to the call from the sheriff's office for that uh, questioning that he went in for. Right. Now, sometime between 10 and midnight, it just when you think about his timeline, he said he picked her up at 7.30. They went down. He dropped her off. They were going to dinner, right? He dropped her off. When he came back after parking 15 minutes later, he couldn't find her. He walked around for 30 minutes. What does that put them at? Maybe 8.30, 9 o'clock. Yeah. He should be headed home by like 9 o'clock. Um, between 10 p.m. and midnight, that's that's a two-hour gap. So even like they're, they, they didn't really have their timeline worked out all that well, first of all. No. I really these I really thought think that they thought they're untouchable. It did seem that way, right? Because, yeah. man, they sure left a lot laying around. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they were about to stumble into a quite a world when they went when they searched uh, Luis's home um, on April fifteenth, twenty twelve, two days after Brittany's disappearance. San Diego deputies searched the Perez, Maraglino, and Lopez house in Fallbrook. The searchers discovered that one of the rooms in the dwelling had been set up as a sex dungeon, equipped with a variety of sex apparatuses, toys, and tools such as handcuffs, whips, leather restraints, and chain shackles. A giant spider web was painted on the wall, and there were bars on the ceiling. Officers found a copy of slave rules along with a copy of a slave contract as well as prescription drugs and various types of saws. Whoa. Quite a world okay. they stumbled into here. So? Now, what you do in your house sexually, exactly. as long as it's consensual, is none of our business. Right. You want to get kinky and have a sex dungeon in your house, that's cool as long as nobody's being harmed. Right. I really wasn't but, hearing any red flags until you said saws. Then I was like, wait, 
why why are there saws? <laughs> yeah, the saw. The contract thing's a little weird, but I guess if you're both kind of consenting eh, to it's this part of the it's part of relationship the, that you have, where there's a slave and master yeah, it, domination thing. It's going part on. of the fetish. You make it feel real, right? It, yeah. it's the final touching. It's final touches that slave contract. Have safe words though that that kind of get you out of that contract. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I I know uh, from from doing a little research on this case. This guy wasn't too uh, wasn't too keen on safe words or listening to them. Yeah, yeah, kind of a buzzkill. Those safe words, you know. Yeah, God, we gotta stop. <laughs> like what the, <laughs> like yeah, bro. <laughs> That's why they're there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when asked about the sadomasochistic playroom, Dorothy Maraglino and Jessica Lopez explained that they participated in an erotic master servant master slave role playing. Uh, thing going on in their home and Dorothy right. identified herself as the dominatrix and said that Luis Lopez enjoyed spanking women. Right. They had like uh, a like a hierarchy here, right? So like Luis mm-hmm. was the dominant over Dorothy, but Dorothy was the dominant over Jessica. So right. the fact that Luis was dominant over Dorothy made him over Jessica as well. So it was almost mm-hmm. like he had two two slaves in a sense mm-hmm. to do his bidding. Imagine how powerless yeah. Jessica must have felt. But I mean, I guess that's what she wanted, right? She was in yeah, this until they brought in and someone else. Apparently, it worked for a while. Yeah. yeah. What's up, creepers? Y'all know I'm not a big video game guy, but I do enjoy a good puzzle from time to time. You know, something that gives me a good challenge, wakes up the old brain, and gets it moving. Enter best fiends into my life, and I'm borderline obsessed. With over a million downloads, this casual mobile puzzle game is just what I needed to keep my brain active and take my mind off the stresses of everyday life. And I know what you're thinking, and this is more than just smashing candy, okay? Best Fiends has thousands of puzzles to solve, with new updates all the time. Not to mention the adorable characters you'll unlock and level up along the way. Maybe you were like me, discouraged about finding a new game that would stimulate your mind and stand out from the pack. If that's the case... Give Best Fiends a try. Download the five-star rated puzzle game Best Fiends for free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Finding the right program to help your child learn to read can be daunting. You have to find something that's both engaging and proven to get results. Hooked on Phonics has been the most trusted program to help kids learn to read for nearly 35 years, which is why I decided to get their program for my kids. So we've been using Hooked on Phonics for the past two weeks in my house. Every night we sit down. My daughter loves the storybooks. My son obviously loves the interactive and engaging app, which makes learning fun. He just he thinks he's playing games, and I'm, I'm happy because he's learning. Um, he's already starting to impress his daycare teachers with all the new words that he's learned to spell. Can't wait to see months from now, if we continue at this pace, where they're going to be. Hooked on Phonics is the learn-to-read curriculum that uniquely combines an amazing app with hands-on learning materials shipped to your home every month. With Hooked on Phonics, you get unlimited access to their powerful reading app, along with workbooks that give your child essential hands-on practice to reinforce the skills they're building in the app. Plus, you'll get the storybooks written specifically to build your child's confidence, and discussion questions to increase reading comprehension. Lessons take just 20 minutes or less, and the curriculum is guaranteed to help your child learn to read. Give your child the confidence that reading brings with Hooked on Phonics. Visit hookedonphonics.com creeper and receive your first month for just $1. That's hooked on p h o n i c s dot com slash creeper to get your first month of hooked on phonics for just one dollar. Hooked on phonics dot com slash creeper c r e e p e r. So the investigation took an even more bizarre turn when, on April sixteenth, twenty twelve, investigators learned that Master Dorothy and her slave Jessica had checked into the Ramada Inn located in the Point Loma section of San Diego. So this is, uh. This is odd. I mean, why are they why are they checking into a hotel? They, obviously, the heat's on them right now. Luis is in jail, right? And this looks like maybe they're they're on the run. Like they're trying. That's to run. what this is looking like to them. Yeah, no doubt. So the the police had to get to them quickly. So the deputies showed up at room one hundred five at the Ramada Inn um, that at nine thirty that morning when they found out that they had checked in. And Jessica Lopez, in a drowsy voice, um, answered the door and told the officers that she was too exhausted to come. Uh, to come to the door to let them in. Um, when a de- deputy cracked the door open as far as uh, as far as the indoor chain would allow, the officer saw blood on the floor, and another officer would kick in the door and storm into the motel room. They would find Jessica naked from the waist up and covered in blood from a self in- from self inflicted super ni- superficial knife wounds on her neck and wrists. 
mm-hmm. apparently trying to take her own life. Yeah. Um, she had already, uh, Dorothy had already left the motel at this point. So this was just Jessica in there and she was apparently attempting suicide. Right. They would find a message in lipstick scrawled on the mirror above the dress, uh, dress, dressing table that read, pigs read this in lipstick. Below the message lay a seven-page handwritten murder confession signed by Jessica Lopez. Mm-hmm. In the confession, Lopez admitted to using a lig- ligature in the sex dungeon in the Fallbrook house to strangle Brittany Kilgore to death. Um, in the writings, they also said that she shot Kilgore with a stun gun, wrapped rope around her neck, right. buried her face in a pillow, and strangled her. So a full confession, wow, and she's doing this. She's doing this, you know, leaving this behind, not expecting to be around when this confession is read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Awkward. So obviously she was, <laughs> she was expecting to have finished herself off by now, but right. yeah. Oof. Yeah, like you said, awkward, right? Yeah, super awkward. They're like, no, we're going to save you. We got some raps here. We got paramedics on Now site. instead, no, no, they're fine. like sitting bedside beside her at the hospital, like reading this, like, so yeah, uh, yeah. this is interesting. So what's about this uh, pigs read this stuff, huh? What's what's, what's all about? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we read? Why shall we read this yeah. together? Yeah. <laughs> shall we have story time? Right. You want to read our confession? Uh, you want to read your confession yeah. out loud to us all, Jessica? Thank you. Yes. Um, it, also in the confession, she said that she killed the victim out of fear that Lewis would be seduced by her. Luis would be seduced by her. So mm-hmm. as we, we kind of alluded to, jealousy here. Right. They had met this this young lady, Je- the Brittany, and whatever reason, they got it in their head that she was going to seduce Lu- Luis if she had the opportunity, and they figured they would get ahead of the curve here and well, take her out. Even though she was moving away mm-hmm. to never be seen again, they had to, they had to do this. Well, you know, they were probably right to uh, assume that Luis wanted her because he is the one that showed up at her house out of nowhere and would go mm-hmm. to any extent. You don't to think get that her. he was maybe prompted by them to do this though? By them? Yeah. I feel like this was a scheme. Like all of them were in on. Like Luis, you go there, try to get her to go to dinner. Um, and if she agrees, then we're right about her, first of all. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think she is starting, trying to steal our man type of thing. Right. I mean, I think it's all Luis. And I think when you think so, when yeah, and I well, yeah, I mean, he ultimately he is the dom the dominant over the right. household, right? So. Yeah, if he told them to stand down, then I guess by the contract they would have to stand down. I mean, he obviously told Jennifer to take take all the blame, and she did. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know that what I'm saying? Good, man, that is fucked up, right? They did basically like tell her to confess and kill herself. Yeah, and she was attempting to go through with and she it. She was trying to do it. Yeah, she would have done it. Yeah. She may have she may have bled out in that hotel room if they don't get there that early. Yeah. You know, and the and and it would have been for nothing too, because they wouldn't have believed that investigation. The investigation would have went on. Come on, it would mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been like the end of it. Her her death would have real would have been for nothing as well. Yeah, true. It's so sad. Yeah, they're not going to just take her word for no. it only and just be like, okay, I guess uh, Luis and <laughs> yeah, and, uh, exactly. I guess you guys can just go walk free. Yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, let Luis out. It's all done in your dungeon in your house, but yeah, whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So according to the seven-page written letter, after half-hearted attempts to dismember Brittany's body, Lopez doused the naked body with bleach to destroy physical evidence. She wrote that she, quote, hid the body of that whore in almost plain sight near Lake Skinner, noting that the police would would find handcuff marks on the victim's wrists. Mm. She said that she had deposited the knife she had used in her attempts to chop her up in a beach restroom in Oceanside. The police would also find a pair of handcuffs with the knife, in her statement slash suicide note, she said that she was taking full responsibility for Brittany's murder. So as we said, she was seemingly prompted by Luis to write this confession, kill herself, and then they would be off the hook for this. Right. At 2.30 that afternoon, searchers located Brittany Kilgore's naked remains lying in the brush alongside a road near Riverside County's Lake Skinner, 23 miles north of Fallbrook, basically where the confession note said that they would find her. A toxicology report said that Brittany had no drugs in her system at the time of her death, and testing detected an alcohol level of 0.06%, though the autopsy says that a low level of alcohol can be produced by fermentation occurring in decomposition and may have been due to post-mortem changes in her body and not the fact that she had drank anything at all. Most likely, she hadn't. She was completely sober right. that evening. Yeah, I believe so as well. I don't yeah. think she would have been looking to get intoxicated and be less on her guard around these people. 
I right. believe this was like like you said at the beginning. This was she wanted wits about her. This was because she was a nervous going. Out. She some she had a feeling something was off about this, right? She had and she to. knew right away when Luis didn't take her to dinner that when when he pulled up to his house instead, that's right. when she sends that help text to her friend. And from there, you you must imagine that Luis takes her phone from her. Yep, and he starts texting her friend back saying that she, you know, I, I love this party love this and this party. and that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the police would charge Jessica Lopez with first degree murder on April seventeenth, twenty twelve. Luis Perez, already in custody on the gun theft charge, was also charged with first degree murder. Dorothy Maraglino, also charged with first degree murder, was taken into custody on May tenth, twenty twelve. It took them a little longer to find her. The three suspects were held on three million dollars bond and all pleaded not guilty. At a preliminary hearing on March 11, 2013, in Vista County Superior Court, Brittany Kilgore's best friend, Elizabeth, testified that she became, she and Brittany became acquainted with Luis Perez, Jessica Lopez, and Dorothy Mariglino in 2011 after she had responded to an ad selling a fertility monitor on a website used by military families. So this just mundane, kind of benign connection that they made, they, you know, her, Brittany's best yep. friend finds a military family website and wants to go buy this fertility monitor because she's trying to get pregnant. Right. And that's how they meet these people. And that was that, man. Like that, that that's what I mean. Like <laughs> the people you let, we let into our lives. We've talked about it before. It's like, just, you just never know. You right. just never know. It is weird how they gained at least, if not Brittany's trust, they gained Elizabeth's trust, her friend. They did. Yeah. It, her because, friend, her friend became kind of close to these people yeah, somehow. And she was showing up there. A few times, I guess, because she, mm-hmm. they found common ground because both uh, her and we're trying to they get were pregnant. trying to get pregnant, right? So maybe they were yeah. friendly and yeah, open so at first. And- Brittany's best friend Elizabeth and Dorothy Maraglino, right, were both trying to get pregnant, and they started kind of hanging out because they were going down that same path together or whatever. Right after that, Brittany Kilgore regularly visited the house where she resided with Lopez. So I think she would visit with her friend. You know, she's hanging out with Elizabeth, and she would go over there with Elizabeth. And, and Elizabeth almost like the way that she worded it was almost like she brought Brittany as a safety. Like I feel like she felt a little bit uneasy at the residence as well. And so she mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, come with me to these people's house." I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I kind of got that vibe. Yeah, I could see that because they they made it clear to them. That they were not in. So Elizabeth would testify during the trial that Perez, Lopez, and Maraglino openly discussed their sexual lifestyle that involved Perez as the master, Maraglino as the mistress, and Lopez as the slave. Elizabeth said that her and Brittany made it clear that they were not going to participate in these sex games. So I right. think you're right. I think she brought Brittany along as kind of a like someone a on my there. team. Like, yeah, because yeah. if she went alone, like, man, that's three against one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's not looking so good. But like, if you're that if you're that nervous about them, like, why are you still going well, back? You yeah, know, I know, I know. You don't never know the deal they made. I mean, if these people are always yeah. bartering stuff, they were probably like, oh, well, why don't you just come back tomorrow and we'll give you this, mm-hmm. or come back tomorrow and we'll we'll find that, or maybe we, we can't find the charger to it. Come back tomorrow. You know, there's always some yeah. shit. People can play games. You know, especially mm-hmm. people who are looking for new additions to their to their to their little sex games here. You know. Whether they're willing yeah. or not, which is the only thing that's really wrong with this, is when you don't get consent, you know? It's fucked up. Yeah, and speaking of games being played, these, these things started to unravel a little bit in 2012 when Elizabeth and Brittany, Brittany and her best friend Elizabeth, had a falling out. At that time, Brittany was preparing to divorce her husband. She was preparing to leave California. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth testified that she discussed the souring of their friendship with Luis Perez, Lopez, and Maraglino. After that, Jessica and Dorothy began referring to Brittany as the disease and herpes. Hmm. Um, according to Elizabeth, they said they could get rid of Brittany, but they wouldn't because they knew Elizabeth would miss her. Um, and Elizabeth said that she thought that they were joking at the time. But clearly, Oof. as we know how this thing turned out, they were not joking. Oh. On March 14th, 2013, Deputy Medical Examiner Craig Nelson testified that the victim had been strangled with some sort of a ligature and that her body had been moved to where it was found near... Lake Skinner, the forensic pathologist, said that there were two marks on her neck and tiny hemorrhages in her eyes indicating that strangulation was the cause of death. That's the one thing that uh, I guess you could take away from her autopsy that, you know, hopefully she was strangled and then, you know, that she wasn't tortured for very long, that it was strangulation and everything that was done to her after that, she was already gone. Well, I doubt that, though, Lord. I doubt that very much. You think? Yeah. I I think there was, if, if there was any type of strangling going on early it was probably you know 
the the strangle them, let them come back. Strang- you know what I'm saying? I feel like it was that mm-hmm. type of torture because, well, because they were into they were into heavily into strangling during right. sex as well. So that was like the, where they got their pleasure from. Right. And uh, Perez had also expressed his his fantasies of kidnapping and and raping someone. Like he had mm-hmm. he had fantasies of that, which neither his mitri- mistress or his slave wanted to participate in. But mm-hmm. he did say that him and some of his friends on several accounts had fulfilled these fantasies where they had picked up someone random, whether they gave consent or not, I can't imagine it. Um, man, what a tale of two lives, right? Like, what a... Mm. Man, you want to talk about, like, Two-Face here. Like, he's a Marine. Right. He's got no criminal record. Meanwhile, he's this is going on, yeah. you know? He's got this dark side. See what I mean? That's why I think he feels untouchable. He's He's been living this, this on-the-edge radical lifestyle for so long and he's been mm-hmm. pushing getting the limit away with it. he's been pushing the limit and getting away with it yeah so mm. crazy so uh the the forensic the forensic pathologist dr nelson had also discovered cuts on the victim's left wrist and left knee that dis, uh, that suggested that someone had attempted to dismember the body the cut to the left leg was so deep it reached the bone the bone contained tool marks that indicated a saw had been used remember the in their dungeon they had saws they did as well um, why else would you have those? You know, it's bizarre. Like you, those can't really be used in sexual play. Like saws right. are, yeah, it's a little extreme. You're doing it wrong, I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. A woman followed Dr. Nelson to the stand, who said that she had lived uh, in the Maraglino house for three months in late 2010. According to this witness, she had she had been Dorothy's sex slave for a time and knew that Dorothy and Luis enjoyed choking their sex partners. Mm. Yep. Um, on December 12, 2014, perhaps an attempt to move things along, the district attorney's office announced it would not seek the death penalty against the defendants. This thing holds, was being drawn out, as we see in the court system. It, it was being drawn out. However, on September 8, 2015, in Vista, California, jury selection began in their, their murder trial. Luis, uh, Lopez's attorney uh, called her client the perfect slave in the triangle and said that her role explained why she authored the letter to taking full blame for Kilgore's death. Um, she told jurors that her client was a victim to the slave contract she entered with Maraglino in the bondage and sadomasochistic world and portrayed her as an abused servant forced to take the blame for a crime she didn't commit. I think to an extent yeah, that is true. That is somewhat true, yeah. That is somewhat true. Yeah, I think... Um, that does not make her uh, you know, completely innocent of this crime. She, you know, She's still culpable in this crime. She was still there. She was still part of it. And we'll right. never know how much, to what extent she was a part of it. You know, she could have been directly choking her or she could have just been there. Either way, you're guilty. Yeah, you still have to draw the line somewhere. Uh, murder is a little more imp- important than a safe word. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this has got to be, you got to know when to pull out of this, uh, into the, out of this fetish, out of this lifestyle. But the, I, I believe her defense attorney is 100% right in that they definitely I, tried to get her to take the blame, yes, which is obvious. Obviously, yes. They want her to take all of it, yeah. Yeah. One of uh, the several witnesses that took the stand uh, during the trial was Brittany's friend, Shani Tal, who spent time with Brittany on the day of her disappearance. She's the friend uh, that Brittany texted help to on the night of April 13th. During her time on the stand, Tal said that she had helped Brittany pack on April 13th because she was moving back to Missouri. She said she remembered Luis Perez stopping, stopping by Brittany's home that evening and begging Kilgore to go on the dinner cruise with him. Um, she said Brittany did not feel comfortable with Perez's invitation and did not want to go. She said that uh, Brittany ended up agreeing to go only after Perez promised he'd get five people to help her move the next day. Quote, he was having a conversation with Brittany. He was inviting her to go on the dinner cruise. She didn't want to go. He was very persistent about it, said Tal on the stand. When Brittany said she was worried about how Dorothy would feel about it, Luis told her that she was to- she was totally cool with it and told her to call and confirm. That's when Luis left. Brittany called Dorothy, uh, according to, you know, his testimony, um, and that's the point when Brittany texted Luis and said that she changed her mind and she would go on the dinner cruise. So maybe a little bit more clout to that story in that it's possible that Brittany's friend was there at the apartment when this whole conversation between her and uh, Dorothy yeah. went down over the phone getting permission to do it or whatever. Yeah, maybe she did. Yeah. Maybe she did. Maybe because, you know, she felt really stand... I'm sure she felt those standoff, standoffish vibes from Dorothy and mm-hmm. Jennifer, probably. So her only hesitation was, you know, well, I don't want them to be pissed off and, you know, making me have a bad time, you know, or doing some shit to me. So I want to at least make sure yeah. they're okay with it. And when they were... She thought, well, what what harm can one hi- one night do? You know, maybe. Yeah, go get some free food. Um, right. Get some help moving. Exactly. And then I'll be out of here. Exactly. It'll all be but, behind me. 
I'm sure she realized, you know, what she had done, unfortunately, when Luis took her straight to his house where she knew there was a sex dungeon inside. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, in November of 2015, two months after the trial began, the defendants were convicted of murder and kidnapping. The judge sentenced all three to life without the chance of parole. And uh, we get some quotes from her family. Quote, our daughter was a beautiful young woman inside and out, Kilgore's mother told reporters after the verdict. And unfortunately, she ran across people that were not good, were monsters, and took her life. She's going to be missed for the rest of our lives. Um, and just to end this, uh, just really showing how sick these people were. Dorothy Maraglino, remember how she was... She had the fertility monitor and, you know, her and Brittany's friend were trying to, you know, they're on their path to get pregnant. She was, in fact, pregnant at the time that she participated in Brittany's murder. Um, wow. That she helped facilitate this this murder with Luis Perez. Uh, she was pregnant during that while she's, you know, participating in choking the life out of a young woman. Yeah. She's got a baby inside of her. So. I, I think uh, I think that maybe while the whole the whole getting her involved in the BDSM thing was Lewis's idea. I think to the extent that it went, I think Dorothy plays a bigger role. You know, yeah. after hearing the story all over again, I feel like she does. Mm-hmm. I feel like her jealousy in this story played a bigger role. And it also, of course, you have Jennifer, who's like, I mean, literally like a lapdog to her, um, mm-hmm. who's going to feel however she feels. You know, it's kind of like when you you yeah. feel standoffish towards somebody and your dog growls at them. You know, I feel like that was the right. same thing. So she had... So I think both of their attitudes and their opinions um, of Brittany from the beginning kind of pushed the whole situation over the edge. You know, it's kind of a pack mentality. I think if she's just with the women, I don't I don't think necessarily this happens. Or if she's just with uh, Perez, maybe it doesn't go to this extent. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I think, I think all of them together, they just kind of fueled each other's rage. With Perez not having control over himself in those situations anyways, um, you know, regularly choking them longer than they wanted they they both testified to that both uh dorothy and jennifer they said that sometimes mm-hmm. perez would get carried away so i mean that in addition to them hating her who's gonna who's gonna stop yeah. it who's gonna stop it yeah yeah no nobody 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 oh but you can stop body odor with oh my gaia am i right how do you like what that? What a segue, baby. What a segue. Get on that one. We're riding right into the <laughs> Oh My Gaia ad. Oh right. My Gaia is an innovative, all-natural deodorant fragrance and beard oil company specializing in... I'm sure that herb- sex dungeon could have used a little Oh My Gaia oh, in it. Definitely. I'm sure it was pretty musky in there. Definitely. Because they're specializing... Some incense, maybe. ...in paraben and aluminum-free products. And their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural paraben and aluminum-free organic ingredients. So you guys got nothing to worry about. Even if you're using it in your sex dungeon, it's still fine. You get it in your mouth and your eye, it doesn't really matter. Who cares, right? There's tons of scents. There's vanilla, there's cherry almonds, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, bergamot, amber. We have our very own scent, true crime pine. We'll get back to that in a minute. But there's also new scents being added all the time, like pear and barbershop and sailor. And because you guys are true crime guys listeners, you can use the word creeper for 15% off your order. C-R-E-E-P-E-R. For 15% off at shop underscore oh my Gaia on Instagram and ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com. Like I said, guys, if you're unsure about what to try, try out True Crime Pine first. Even if you don't like to wear it, it'll still be like a collector's item jar or something one of these days. Yeah, if I had the discipline to keep a jar unopened just for collector's sake, I would, but I, right? just, I, wouldn't, I just can't help myself. I know, just want to rip that label. Just rip that label. Anyways, that you know that video you put on Instagram, the first dip. That's what it's about, man. Oh, the first it just, dip. It's, it's sultry. It is. It is. It's like a new thing of peanut butter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, you're right. Mm. Good stuff. All right, we we uh, on to some shout outs. Yeah. What do we got? All right, I want to thank everybody who's taking the time to go and rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever else. You, you know what? While I do these, you look around for some other shout outs for people, whether it's. You know, comments that have been made on Podbean or Instagram or Twitter or something. Oh yeah, let's check. Let's some give Podbean. out some just random ones, just to, to keep keep pushing people to to support the show publicly. You know, uh, that makes sense. Um, but while you search around for a couple of those, I gave you a task to to get to get her done, buddy. Get I got done. it. I'm gonna mm. give some shout outs to people here. We got definitely not Chad in the U.S. Mm-mm. said the best duo. 
uh, true crime jokes and no 45 minutes of chit chat before starting. At least not anymore. We got through that. That was like the first 20 episodes. We were pretty bad, pretty bad about that, but we got enough hate that we just started to clean it up our act a little bit. Right. Um, my only hope is that they eventually taper off with the awful New York accent. Ah. Not going to happen, guy. <laughs> Sorry, we. Spoiler alert, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Spoiler. <laughs> Fucking fuck your mom. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we never stopped that. And we got, we got Sammy Koopsky in the great in Great Britain said such a great podcast. Oh my Gaia, absolutely love this podcast. Has me chuckling away listening to you guys whilst I work. The banter, the accents, the content, uh, the, the content, the music. Loved a lot of it. Found you guys about a month ago. Yada yada. Thank you very much. We love you over across the pond over there. Thank you very much. And then we got Mac D. From NC, baby. Uh-oh. Hi from, th- hi from a fellow North Carolina pal. You have a herd down here in Wilmington. Oh, right on. All right. Yep. And so, you have to fly out here. Big shout out to Mac D. Big shout out to Mac D in Wilmington. Uh, yeah, and the Wilmington herd. What's up, peeps? That's right. That's right. Uh, how far is that from you? Uh, it's about three hours. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, not too bad. That's cool. Not too bad. That's pretty cool, man. You're becoming a North Carolina celebrity over right? there. Right. Converting them. And then we got we got Cabo D, Cabo Die uh, in the U.S. said, fun guys, five stars. I listen to a variety of podcasts. These guys make murder kind of fun. They are respectful to the victims and to their fillies. And and their, what? What word is that? Theor fly, fillies? I don't know. No yelling, fancy Nancy Grace, just pleasant giggles to put me to sleep for bedtime stories. <laughs> All right, good, good, right good, on. good. Thank you very much, Cabo Die. And then we got... Kinosick in Great Britain said true crime with or without the pine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great work, gentlemen. I came for the crime, but I stayed for your human approach to the broken people who commit them, the the, tune, the iTunes, the tunes and the banter. Right on. And those Oh My Guy ad transitions are getting better all the time. <laughs> Just wish they would transition across the Atlantic so I can buy them in the UK. Oh, nice. I like what you did there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're working on it. We're, we're growing Oh My Guy to a worldwide company, okay? We're getting there. We're getting there. A little out of time. Thank you. Kenosi K, thank you for that one. And then we got Ben's Four V V Cobra uh, from the U.S. said, "Great podcast, love the stories and the banter. Not too much or too little. My only issue is the general lack of understanding that California beaches are overrated, and that 30A has the best beaches in the continental U- United States, but none of them are perfect. I guess." Okay, well, Cali. I mean, Cali beaches are hitter. I mean, there's there's good and bad. Right, and that's with every coastline. I booked a stay in Newport for later this this year and uh, it's a beautiful beach manhattan beach is beautiful huntington beach is beautiful mm-hmm. you know like venice is cool in its own way right. but also sketchy <laughs> so yeah you know yeah there's good what it there's is. good beaches all up and down the coastlines man yeah gotta find them yeah all right so k scott we got k scott 146 in the u.s i love this podcast five stars you guys are awesome i love your podcast you should be right up there with morbid thanks for helping me get through my work day thank you thank you we got Ray says in the U.S. said, big love from Utah. Hell yeah, man. I didn't know we had a whole lot of Utah creepers. Thanks for the, doing the banter on Patreon. I'm so glad I asked for it for Christmas and Santa delivered. You make me <laughs> laugh and I really enjoy the show. Thanks. Right on. Right on. Santa brought him some just the banter. That's what's That's up. That's right. And it keeps on giving every Friday. Um, yeah. Then we got KG from CO. Uh, so I'm guessing KG from Colorado uh, in the U.S. said, These guys saved me. I found True Crime Guys during quarantine last summer and would binge episodes while out hiking with my dogs for hours also while hiding from my family. <laughs> Maybe listening to True Crime when hiking alone in the woods isn't the best idea, but these guys make the stories so fun. And Yeah, it's yeah, exciting. So thank you very much. It's exciting, at least. Yeah. Uh, and then one more from Australia, All down right. under my... We got Hawkstar74 says, Awesome guys have been binging. I'm up to 91. Freeloaders in Australia. Ha ha. Right Fuck on. yeah, mate. Hell yeah. Another Australian review. We ain't got a review from send, Australia in a while. They've been slacking. Send us some Vegemite to our uh, PO box, That's mate. That's right. We need some B vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. What do you got? What'd you find? I, there's uh, We got quite a few reviews here on Podcast Attic, and I'll get to a couple of them. For some reason, they don't go into iTunes. They're like separate. So... Yeah, man, those reviews are weird. They po- they yeah. populate in different yeah, areas. it's so, so strange. I'm sure we miss a lot of you guys, and I'm sorry for that. But yeah, sorry, guys. There's just too much digging around to do it. But here's a few from Podcast Addict. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Hughes says, Hands down, my favorite podcast. Been listening since 2017. Oh, damn. I even joined Patreon because I can't get enough. Thanks for everything, guys. We know Jacob. Big, big supporter. Oh, big yeah, supporter. we know Jake. We know Jake. That's right. Appreciate it, brother. 
Uh, Eric Bros, five stars, says best true crime podcast out there. Binged all the episodes in a few weeks. Subscribed on Patreon. Uh, then binge the rest. Michael and Lauren are my dudes. Five star emojis. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's get a couple more here. Christy Leah uh, said five stars. My all time favorite podcast. I also listen to Sandu. Love the details, banter, and chemistry. I also take every opportunity I get to wear my TCG shirt to work. And when COVID is over, please come to Australia and do a live show. Oh, so there's another Australia. Right on. Thanks, Christy. See, this, these ones that podcast separates, they're from everywhere. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, hey, just stay away from the young girls, Crystalia. What? <laughs> stay away from the young right. You said her name was Christy Leah, and I just immediately thought of Crystalia. Oh, Crystalia. So similar. It, I know, right? It does? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Let's get. It's kind of a mind fuck. Let's get there. one more. Uh, Alex Webb left a five star review. Said my favorite podcast. Great content. Great banner. Need more Kip impressions. Keep it up. Fi- uh, fire emojis. Things are getting pretty serious. You could say. I- I'm not good at it. You're way better. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So things are getting pretty serious right now. <laughs> we just started a new show. So Napoleon's super jealous, and he's not getting any of the stakes. We're chatting with babes all day. <laughs> God, Kip, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, w- I watched the movies right. recently with my kids, so they're fresh in my mind again. Oh, hell they yeah. They love them. Oh, my God. They love Napoleon Dynamite. It's it's so much funnier now, especially because humor has gotten so petty and so simple now because of like meme culture and TikTok and right. short clips. It's like, and if you go back and watch Napoleon Dynamite now, it's got some killer like one-liners <laughs> and scenes that would just crack you up. I mean, in or out of Uncle context. Rico, still Uncle Rico, just standing uh, up and fucking hitting his brother in the yes, face with the, the fucking steak. steak. It's like Dude, so funny, man. He's like, he's like <laughs> it was just so unnecessary. I love, I, so and scary. the whole conversation before that too. He's like, I could throw a football yeah. over the mountains. I swear I could. Yeah, right. Coach would have put me in. We would have won state. We won state. Hey, give me that. He grabs his. He grabs Kip's steak. He's already eaten his. He grabs Kip's steak. Right. Fucking throws it all yeah. sidearm. Well, yeah, he's got to have his protein. Yeah, of course. He can't be fucking. Right. He, hey, he might get drafted any day. So you got to stay sharp. Right. Got to stay sharp. The, the Tupperware when they like test it <laughs> with the van, it just breaks and he's just like shit and drives off. Dang it. It's so Great. typical. Everybody knows somebody like that. It's always trying to get rich scheme, you know, or or peaked. doing a pyramid yeah. scheme every other week. Or they peaked early in yeah. life and they're trying to get back to that easily, you know. It's like yeah. you got to work at that shit, man. But yeah. all right, all right. So uh, if you want more of us, if you want to check out just the banter, um, uh, go to Patreon.com/slash True Crime Guys. Two bucks a month gets you access to all of our premium episodes that we do once a month. Uh, when you when you hear us miss an episode, typically that's because we did one on Patreon, and two bucks a month gets you in on that. There's a ton of them that we've already done. We've been, we've had a Patreon page. We're grandfathered in. We we, we don't even have to. We got like special perks because yeah, we've been on Patreon. We're, we're so labeled long. as content founders. creators on there. So we're labeled as founders. Founders. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we're founders of Patreon, that's guys. Crazy. So like, there's tons of episodes. If you haven't, if you, if you run out of episodes, you binged all our stuff on the free platform. Go check out that. And five bucks a month gets you access to all of that, plus just the banter, which we do every Friday. It's our other show where we just get on, shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put out a call to our Patreon members to ask us questions and theoretic theory, you know, theoretical situations. Right. And, you know, whatever you guys want to say. Uh, if you just want to make a statement yeah. and you want to get our reaction to that statement, we read every single question on just the banter. Yeah. Guaranteed yeah. your your uh, moment of attention. Oh, and with that $5, you also get a gold creep band sticker, which is like super prestigious. Yeah. Only a select few. You might have like one person per city that has one of those. So That's true. That's true. You know, Unfortunately. Very. <laughs> well, unless yeah. you live uh, in Wilmington, right? There's a herd down there. Hopefully they got them. There's a couple yeah. gold stickers down you there. You are required to to battle to duel to the death if you come if you have one on your car and you come across someone else who has yeah. one. There can there can be only one in your city, oh. so you must battle yeah. to the death if you come right. across someone else with a cold creep and sticker. That's the rule. Right. We're trying to keep the value up. So unless That's unless right. you want can't have everybody having that right. shit. Unless you want your investment to go down in value, you need to protect it. So help us. That's right. <laughs> you gotta take them out. <laughs> <laughs> No, but guys, that's that's patreon.com uh, slash true crime guys. Yeah. Also, if you get time, check out our other show, Strange and Unexplained. Guys, wherever you listen, it's pretty self-explanatory. The link to everything true crime guys is on uh True Crime Guys Twitter, True Crime Guys on Instagram. Check out the bio, check out the link tree, uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, all that stuff, guys. All where you can find it. So appreciate it very much. Anything else? That's right. That's, that's it. it. Let's wrap it up. Sandu, check out Strange and Unexplained, your other show, or our other show. That's right. 
That's what I just said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was tuning out. Yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. That's pretty good. We're done. All right, guys. See you next week. Keep dreaming, guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the Creeper Army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. Crime, crime, crime. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us, cause you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming.